0: Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson, and I'm so pleased to be bringing you Handpicked My Podcast. Now, the idea is that people get to ask me any question they like. They put me on the spot. It might be about whether to start a business, how to grow their business, maybe even how to save their business. In this episode, we get to meet Saxon, one of the founders of Year 13. A fabulous business driven by purpose that looks at how you connect people from high school into the next phase of their life. He'll be asking me questions about investors and stakeholders. Well, welcome to Handpicked and Saxon, here I have you. So what about we kick off by learning a little bit about your business and why you want to ask me a few questions? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, So my name is Saxon Phipps. I'm the co-founder of an edutech platform called Year 13. Uh, What Year 13 is, is, as I mentioned, we're an education technology software, which Helps create personalized post-school plans for, for students. Um, we service and engage with over 1.6 million young people each year with the school-to-work and school-to-education transition, and we're quite lucky that we work with a lot of state and federal government departments um, around programs and policies, and we're really fortunate to work with a number of schools across the country. As we know, the, the world of work has changed remarkably over the past kind of Five ten years, and so it's um, where our ethos at Year Thirteen is to so really help young people transition into more meaningful education and employment.
0: It must be five years since I met you at an entrepreneurs program all those years ago. It does seem like much more than five years, but um, no. So, what have you got for me today? What questions have you do you want to answer in the public domain? You know, Naomi.
1: I've always been a you know a big fan of, of your career, and I remember reading an article way, way back that you said, you know, hope is not a strategy when you're starting out a business and entrepreneurship, and you know, taking that first step is quite a daunting task. And nowadays, you hear of you know you can bootstrap, you can get angel investors, seed rounds, kind of you name it. There's different sources out there. But what do you think's your the best approach what's what you know the best path of success for any you know person who's out there wanting to start a business
0: yeah and i know that you've been on quite a journey with it, with your own business and your business partners on what is right for you and we've talked about it extensively the thing is there's no one size fits all and people are at different stages it's the the most important thing is to work out if people are going to give you money they're going to want it back Uh, unless it's a government grant and even then, you know, and there is some really great grants around, but you need to be able to make sure that you demonstrate that you um, qualify and um, have the right use for funds and are absolutely transparent on those use of any particular government grants. And there's both state grants as well as federal grants uh, for, for businesses starting out. The first place to ask for money is from your customers can you sell something now not this is doesn't suit every single business because some business require capital before they can even get started but the first thing is how can you have a minimal viable product where somebody can try and give you feedback about whatever your product or service is and getting to eyeball and understand customers the thing is is looking at how cash flows through the business and some Some businesses, you know, you're having to buy products, you're having to buy services and then you hope they will come versus if if customers can pay a deposit of some form or they can part fund the growth of your business. In other words, customers will find customers and have them relatively engaged. So what is it that they can prepay for? The other thing is to always negotiate terms with any suppliers. Um, And I always argue that small business is not the banking system of Australia and there is quite a focus on payment terms. So in terms of funding, first of all, it's customers. It is how you can get customers involved with your business and also as advocates of your business. Secondly is um, the fact of looking for angel investing probably even before you look for VC funding, which is venture capital. Um, There's not a big uh, amount of venture capital in Australia. Uh, There are some, there's some good programs, there's some great angel programs and there's also some um, accelerated programs. When looking at any of these is make sure that you understand, A, how you get out of them. With any relationship, you've got to kind of know, well, where's the exit point? What does success look like for them and what are they really looking for? And you've just got to do your due diligence and making sure that there is a fit. If you are going to do kind of a friends and family or do a raise with, with people or ask people to put in, make sure that there is a shareholders agreement and that they have a clear understanding if they're not a sophisticated investor on what the likely risks could be and make sure they're documented. I would always argue... Friends and family are last resort. Your relationships are more important than business.
1: That's that's sound advice, and I think of some of my own experiences. I can wholeheartedly agree with you there. It leads me into my second question: is that obviously when you're starting a business, you put you know, you're, you're putting all your time, your effort, your passion into it. When you're seeking, whether it be funding, whether it be your bootstrapping, whatever it is. Often you can kind you can find yourself being taken advantage of, or you can find yourself being being vulnerable. How important is integrity, and how do you look for integrity in investors or seed funds or, or angel investors? Um, how does someone weed out the sharks?
0: Is that a pun for me? The sharks. So <laughs> it's a really good question because I think the most important thing is to also get references, and it might sound funny, but. Any investment is a two-way street. If you are not feeling comfortable and you have to trust your sixth sense, we don't use it enough in business. We read what's on paper. We don't necessarily feel it. But you've got to trust your sixth sense. If something just is too good to be true, it's too good to be true. So if somebody's coming with a whole hedge, ask them, what other investments have they done? Where else have they placed it? And then speak to the people that they've invested in that company. It is okay to get reference checks. It's really, really important because, and if this is their first investment, well, they might not be as useful or as valuable, or they might not be able to bring all the things that you want it. With an angel investment, you're also wanting their intelligence and what you're wanting their time. you're wanting their networks, you're wanting them to open doors for you. And if they're not prepared to do that, you need to know early on. So do the reverse interview, ask the question, seek for. and and if you're if you can play a game with yourself to not feel the vulnerability, Because when you have hand in the conversation, you know, that great uh, Jerry Seinfeld episode, you're all way too young to even know who Seinfeld is, but never mind, where um, George thinks he's got the best girlfriend ever but he thinks he's been downgraded because she's gone from dinners to lunches and he's like, you know, what's going on here? And, um, of course, uh, Kramer says, I'll just dump her. And Jerry says, well, you've got to get some hand. That means you've got to get some power back in the conversation. It's the same with investors. It's the same when you're trying to sell anything. You've got to have power. And so basically the advice was we've got to drop them. Yeah, just got to drop them. And so George took the advice and then, of course, she was saying, oh, no, please, how could you? We have so much fun together. We're getting on. And he said, well, you've dropped me down from dinner to lunch, of course you're going to drop me. He goes, no, I've just got rehearsals now in the evening. It allowed her to be able to say this and then he got the wonderful relationship with the girlfriend. And it's the same. You've got to be prepared to walk away from anything because it's not worth it. If you sell your soul, it's actually not worth it because business is so much more than the transaction. Can I look at myself in the mirror? Have I, Am I doing the right thing by the community? And I know you have a big purpose and am I doing the right thing by my constituents, my peers, the people who count on what I do every single day. You've got to be prepared to walk away, even if it's painful. You will find another way.
1: Again, uh, incredible advice. And I think I'm lucky to have been able to lean on you in the past to, to, to get that and kind of work through it myself. <laughs> um, a third question on my end is like, you know, it, there's no secret when you start a business, you're not working regular hours. You just touched on a really interesting point around um you know, how much you do really put into it um and i like that dating analogy but you know you're in your in your very early stages of business you're going to get more no's more i don't get what you're trying to do um then you are going to get a yes and i think that impact on your confidence and your physical and mental health um is is it's a it's a huge impact how do you manage this, and how do you know when you need to take a break, and you need to be able to take a step back and recalibrate as to kind of your vision and, and your your passion for your, whatever your business is?
0: It's such such a good question. Another thing that happens very early on when you're a startup is everybody's got an opinion. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. Or you should do it this way, and you end up really really confused because people have got so much advice for you, um, and it's a fine line between listening to people's insight, learning from it, but also knowing why you started your business in the first place and not losing sight of it. So there's a difference between persistence and pig-headedness and pig-headedness is when you stick your head in the ground and you don't really listen versus persistence where you're taking on people's advice, but you're hearing it, but you don't necessarily have to own every single part of it because you know so you've got to stay connected to your purpose. And that's the thing. Why do you do every single day? And whenever I talk about um, year 13, I always revert to your purpose and I get people. So right back, um, when I ran out of energy or when I just didn't think it was worthwhile, I would go straight to our customer stories. I'd listen to customer stories. i get the head phones on and just hang out in our contact centre and hear the difference that we were making. And I would talk to customers. And that's how I stayed connected to why I do what I do. When everybody else was trying to change my business, tell me what to do, tell me how to run it. So stay close to that essence and that energy of what you do when people are trying to change you.
1: It's really funny you actually say that because this morning we had a really cool um, uh, kind of testimony or someone just outreaching, kind of thanking us for some of our work and it's still as you know, invigorating and vitalizing as it was 10 years ago when we started from the first time we're getting it to even, even now. So you're, you're dead right with how important that connection to your purpose and your vision of your business really, really is, no, no matter how much you kind of grow. Yeah.
0: And, and to your foundation and and people will try and adapt your business to their agenda. So just remember, it's People, you know, inbox, I want this, this is my agenda. And you can try and melt your organisation or bend your organisation to please please a particular client, but ultimately you might be doing a disservice to all the other clients that you have made a promise to. So, um, you know, there's one thing to be agile, there's another thing to bend your organisation away from really what you said you were going to do. And I say that with a little bit of a caveat that you do have to stay connected and customers do change over time so you can't stick your head in the ground.
1: I um I know that you're one for a few quotes and I know Henry Ford said that if he'd asked all his customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses rather than a car. So it probably leads me into my, my last question for you is that um, Richard Branson says that, you know, you want to train people well enough in your business so they can leave, but treat them well enough so they don't want to how important through your early stages and kind of your scale up phases is maintaining um, your culture and your brand culture and your business culture?
0: Yeah, how you how people talk about you is really, really important, especially your employees. Uh, and too many uh, businesses, they've kind of got one message for their customers and another for their team. And we live in a transparent world. We live in an open world where anything at any time could be on social media. So as leaders, we must make sure that anything we say could end up on the front page of the newspaper. So culture is really, really important. But it's not our job to create a kindergarten. It's not our job to be like parents providing everything for our people. Our job as leaders is to challenge people to greatness. It's to ensure that they have the resources and the capacity to do their best work. So what that means is people need to know what they're there to do. Uh, They need to come into the organisation with a clear understanding of what success looks like. You need to celebrate success. When are they successful? When is their team successful? And they need to go home feeling like a winner. They need to make sure that you want them to talk about you. You want them to tell their mates, hey, I'm so pleased to work with this crowd. They really know what they're doing. And I feel like I'm really valued. You want them to talk about you. So it's a really simple model. And it's not about whether you've got music bars in the kitchen. It's about, am I doing great work how and where I want to? And I think if there's one thing that has dramatically changed, we've able to prove that people can be productive anywhere, anytime. We have the technology. We are able to do that. Our job is just to provide the framework so we can see their great work. Our job as leaders is to make sure that they are connected and that they feel a part of a team and a part of something bigger than themselves. Our job is to make sure that they're they're developing and they're learning and growing and that they can be curious and that they can add value. Um, and our job is to embiggen them, to see them bigger than they see themselves, and to challenge them, um, and so that they feel that they've really they've really contributed. So um, yeah, it's not about the moosley bars. It's not about that. They want to feel that they're fulfilling on the purpose and making the world a better better place. An ESG, a social contribution, is far more important than it's ever been before. And uh, people will choose a role or a career um, not just on what they're being paid, but they want to know the leaders, they want to know who they work for and they want to know it's a decent organisation. I heard that um, oh, it's something like 72% of Americans, this is a few years old, but 72% of American employees believe that their direct boss, their supervisor, has done something illegal in the last 12 months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so, you know, you just wouldn't want to work for somebody who's done something illegal. So um, so the values issue is making sure you talk about your values over and over and you call people out if they're not living your values. You've got to call them out. That was the hardest decision I made way back when when I had to fire the first person based on their values, just not living our values. And, and it was an integrity issue. She was arriving late and overhung and she wasn't being the person we needed to be for our customers. And that became endemic and even though she was buddies, you know, because in early days everybody does everything and you're all buddies and she was such great mates with the seven of them and when I had the tough conversation, she said, you can't fire me, I'm funny. And I go, No, you're not that funny and this is causing me pain. And she goes, well, if I go, I'll take everybody with me. And she went downstairs and she goes, she's fired me. We're going to the pub. And, of course, that night was terrible for me because I never knew if they were going to come back. But in that moment we stopped being kind of mum and the kids and pocket money. It was a serious business because i would shown people that we were living our values and actually united the team and they go, right, I've got a career here. This is serious. We're up to something. I think it's really important. So you, as the leader, it's very, very important to unite the team.
1: Thats uh, sound advice, and uh, I think it's been one of the the great things that have been able to work with you over the years is that that leadership and the importance of it and uh, I know we're very lucky and fortunate to have been able to lean on you for advice and appreciate. Being able to answer these four
0: questions for me—it's so great—and say good day to Will and the team as well. And it, it's such a pleasure to also see how your business has completely blossomed over the years. You have such an important role to play, and I, I just—I love it every time I hear or see or see what you're up to. I go, oh, I remember the day. It's so fantastic. So congratulations on your journey. It's really, really great, and I know you'll go from strength to strength to strength. Thanks so much for coming on Handpick today, Saxon.
1: Thanks for having me, Naomi. It's always a pleasure.
0: So thanks for listening to Handpicked. You know, it is all about business. Maybe you've got a question for me. Do follow me on Apple Podcasts or um, Spotify or any of your favourite podcast networks. Also follow me on Instagram at Naomi Simpson, one word, or Twitter, Naomi Simpson, one word. Look forward to hearing from you there.